Good morning. Welcome to Broadway Baptist Church. It's great to see everyone this morning. We're so glad that you've come to worship the Lord with us uh, today. Uh, there are a lot of things going on this time of year. Uh, I, I want to make a couple of announcements. Well, one announcement, then I'm going to have Nancy come up. She has an announcement to make. Uh, first announcement is Christmas cards. The bins are overflowing, so please, uh, perhaps after the service, uh, go down to uh, the Fellowship Hall uh, to the Lottie Moon uh, Post Office and pick up your Christmas cards, please. It is, it is overflowing, and I'm going to have uh, Nancy come. Uh, she has an announcement to make also. Hi, I just wanted to uh, let you all know about the food bags that we have been packing for Lafayette High School. They really appreciate uh, the, the food that we are donating once a month to them. Um, and the, I got an email from our Youth Service Center director uh, this week that said that the kids really look forward to the bags that they get from our church. Um, so please continue to donate. When you see that in the bulletin, um, each week we have kind of divided that food up over a four-week rotation. So if you'll please continue to donate uh, and drop those in the fellowship hall. Thank you. And we're so glad uh, all, for all of our guests here. Please check your bulletin for announcements. There's a lot going on. If you're a guest, please fill out the tab uh, in the bulletin. Drop it off in the offering place that comes by, and that can be your gift to us this morning. Uh, at this time, would everyone please stand? I'm going to read just one verse, uh, just one verse this morning as we think about uh, our Lottie Moon Christmas offering and missions and, and why it is we do missions. And this verse uh, really sums up the goal of missions and, and why we do it. This is Habakkuk 2, verse 14. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters covers the sea. Amen. And you may be seated and this time... Uh, Ron and Kevin, you may come up. A few weeks ago, we informed the church that um, we had a door closed for us on, on a candidate for the contemporary uh, worship director and college minister. What we asked for at that time was your prayers and your prayers have been answered. A door has been opened. And this morning, we'd like to talk to you about a young man that we've uh, interviewed three times. His name is Chris Wright. Let me tell you a little bit about Chris. Chris is married to a, a young lady by the name of Lauren. The apple of their eye is a four-month-old son named Thomas. Chris is a graduate of Campbellsville University, and he's currently working on his Master of Arts and worship programming from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas. He has led the contemporary music service at Campbellsville University, and he's currently the Minister of Music at Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Somerset, Kentucky. Let me tell you something about his philosophy of worship and ministry, something that he put in his resume, and I want to read that to you. Worship is intended to glorify God, and as such, should be centered on an encounter with God. Any talent or ability can be used as an element of worship, provided it is done to the glory of God. As a minister, my first priority is to shepherd the flock entrusted to me. As a minister of the gospel, nothing takes precedence to my responsibility to proclaim the, the gospel of Jesus Christ in all aspects of life, both ministerially and personally. 
It is a unanimous recommendation of the personnel committee, along with the staff at Broadway Baptist Church, that we call Chris Wright to the position of the contemporary worship and college minister. And therefore, on behalf of the personnel committee, I announce a special called business meeting to be held on January 13th, immediately following the uh, 1045 worship hour. Uh, we will have a time of, of um, question and answer, uh, discussion, and then after that, a, a vote on the candidate. Thank you, gentlemen, for that announcement. That's a welcome answer to prayer. We're going to begin this morning by singing Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and let's stand together as we sing, please. you join me as we go to our Savior in prayer. Holy Father, what a privilege it is this morning to approach your throne of grace with thanksgiving and praise for the mighty gift that you have given unto sinful mankind. Father, to sing 
that the pre-incarnate Christ, who was involved in the creation of the world, would come in the form of humankind to be born of the Virgin Mary and placed in a manger in a cattle stall. Both human and divine. Father, we don't understand it all, but we certainly thank you that he would become and was and is the Savior of the world in the form of a little baby. Father, thank you that you so loved us that you would give that gift and come to us. Thank you, our Father, for the messengers through the ages that have proclaimed that glorious truth Thank you for those that personally told us about a Savior. And Father, as we move into this, these next 10 days, oh God, help us to not get so busy that we forget that great gift and that we might share that gift with as many people as possible. Holy Spirit, we ask you breathe upon us anew in a fresh this morning. Seal our hearts. Renew us. Cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. And may we worship you wholeheartedly and walk likewise in Jesus' name. Amen. As you're seated, I'll share with you in just a few moments, Patrick and Amy Singleton are going to come, and their son Eli. We're going to have a wonderful time of worship. Let's sing another Christmas carol, though, What Child Is This? And we'll sing that together. What child is this who
stand as we continue. This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Hastes to bring him long, the babe, the son, Mary. The standing was for ushers, gentlemen. <laughs> You're supposed to be here. <laughs> Same cue every Sunday. It just doesn't always happen, right? All right, here we go. Who's going to pray for us today? Brother Skip. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to give back to you a portion of what you've given to us. We pray that you'll take our tithes and offerings for the furtherance of your kingdom. But more than tithes and offerings, we pray that we give you our heart. Father, for those of us that have known you for some time that are your children, I pray that we would give you complete control of our lives. Help us to understand that we are the physical vehicle for the spiritual Christ in this world. I pray for our pastor as he brings the word to us this morning. We pray for decisions that need to be made, that you give folks courage to, to move their feet and to come forward. And we give you praise and thanks. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.
Good morning, everybody. Um, every time we sing, we always have a few people ask when Eli's going to sing with us. So <laughs> I don't know how to take that, but here he is. So you're welcome. <laughs> classic Christmas songs that we've changed a little bit for you, so sing along if you can, okay? care to stand with us and sing along with this one?
Baptist. I'm Daniel Osman here in Sao Paulo, Brazil. I'm here with Barry Fields. Barry's a pastor at Hallsville Baptist Church here in Kentucky. He's got his Kentucky shirt on. Say hello, That's Barry. That's right. Go Big Blue. Yep. Hi, Broadway Baptist. <laughs> we're here down here. This It's actually in late February when we're shooting this. I know it's being aired here in um, December, but uh, this is a real unique home here we're in front of. This is what they call the Lottie Moon House. When you give to our Lottie Moon Christmas offering, it goes to pay and supply homes such as this throughout Brazil. This is a perfect example of what your giving goes towards, so we wanted to shoot a video and show of that. But it is exciting. We're on the KBC Vision Tour, uh, touring the city, learning of opportunities, and meeting with other IMB missionaries and seeing the Lord work. But we want to show you this video. Thank you so much for giving to help reach our goal at Broadway. And this is, uh, this is what it goes towards. Did y'all hear that video? <laughs> that was me in Brazil. Ben Biddle shot that video. That was his fine camera skills. He did that. Um, that we, you know, we went on a KBC Vision uh, trip, or, uh, I guess it was in February, earlier this year. And you know, we're in our Lottie Moon, we're in the season of Lottie Moon Christmas offering right now. So that house there that was there in Sao Paulo, that was paid for by Southern Baptists because we give to Lottie Moon. And it's, um, 
it's a very large city that our missions, as we give, our missions goes to reach the, the nations for Christ. So we've already raised over $5,000 already for our, towards our Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Our, our goal this, this year is uh, 23500 so I want to encourage you this rest of this month, and even you can give even in the, uh, January to certainly uh, consider the best gift you can ever make is a gift to Jesus, and that's one of giving to the gospel of reaching people who do not know the Lord. So uh, that's exciting, uh, exciting times there uh, with Lottie Moon. Open your Bibles to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. We are going to look at the shepherds. Now last Sunday, we looked at the wise men. The wise men traveled from the east, they traveled 800 miles, and they came and presented uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh to Jesus. They worshipped uh, worshiped him there, they, he, they were no longer at the manger scene, they were at the small house, and we see that God spoke, obviously, to uh, maybe some wealthy magi, some men who, um, uh, very unlikely folks, and Gentile folks there. Today we're going to look at the shepherds. The shepherds here... These are folks who live, I think I have a picture of the shepherds, if, they're, if it's up on the screen. Bethlehem, about 7, 8, 10 miles south of Jerusalem, and what it was, it was the place south of Jerusalem um, that was the, from the lineage of the house of David, where David was born, and there in Bethlehem was very common area, it's kind of a rule, you got outside the outskirts and you would find your sheep. Now it's important that the sheep, were kept during the 2,000 years ago at the temple in Jerusalem, they were doing the temple sacrifices. So these sheep right here, they would typically be kept there in Bethlehem. They would be used to make the, the, the sacrifices there at the temple. So obviously the first ones who were going to come and discover and hear, be announced to about the Messiah being born, this Christ child, are these shepherds who are just out in the, out in the fields literally just in the middle of the night doing nothing. And I think what's powerful about this is that let's think about a shepherd 2,000 years ago. This was a type of job that it was a lowly job. It was, in many ways, even children were shepherds. Um, if you were an adult and you were still a shepherd, it was like you had a life fail. You just, you didn't make it. And you, but you were, um, uh, you were there, a shepherd, and in the middle of the night, so not that, these were the night job shepherds. If you've ever had a night job, uh, who, who's here had a night job? I mean a night job like 1 a.m. you're at work. Oh, some hands went down. One of my first jobs, my very first job, I was a church custodian when I was 15 <coughs> at my mother's school. You always start early church work. But then my second job, you, know, you always start your first jobs with your parents. Second job, my dad worked for 35 years at the Birmingham News back when the newspaper business was booming, and I was, these jobs don't exist anymore, but it was called a copy clerk. What I did is on, of like, Friday night, I'd go in after school, and I'd sit there till, like, 12 or 1 a.m. I don't know why they would pay someone to do this, but anyway, they paid me a minimum wage. I would show up with my book bag, and it was a high school job, and I'd sit at this little table, and I'd wait for a light to come on. When, and I'd wait all night for the light to come. When the light would come on, I would go get newspapers and pass them out in the newsroom. And the men there would proofread the newspaper, make changes, and then correct it and run it again. And it was what that meant for me is I did homework. That's how I got through school. I just sat there and did my homework the entire time 
uh, doing that. It was a night job, so um, it was a great way to study. Um, they got paid to do homework there at the Birmingham News. I share that because, the, and by the way, a newsroom, you think, I wonder what a newsroom's like. Let me describe what a newsroom's like. A newsroom, back you know, 20 years ago, it was all men, is a giant room in computers, and older guys sitting there at a computer drinking coffee. The most boring place in the world. That is what a newsroom is like. And that is, um, in fact, if you got too loud, they would interrupt you and go, shh, keep it down. <laughs> so you just made sure you didn't uh, get out of hand at the newsroom. Anyway, a shepherd 2,000 years ago, that is one of these type of jobs. God is going to send his angels to really a lowly job of folks just standing out in the middle of the night, and your job as a shepherd to make sure no one stole the sheep, no animals came up and attacked the sheep. If you had a 500 sheep, when you left, you counted 500 sheep and you clocked out and you went home. I mean, that was your job. It was just very, um, very simple work. It was like a, a starting job for someone. So what we're going to see here, we're about to read here in your Bibles. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And God's going to teach us three things. He's going to teach us. We're going to see in this pattern. God is going to teach us to teach, treasure, and tell. All of those are going to come across through this. God is going to teach something to the shepherds. He's going to make this huge announcement. In fact, a breaking news announcement is going to occur. Because you have to remember, up until this point, only Mary and Joseph knew about Jesus being the Messiah. It, yes, during, uh, yes, maybe Elizabeth knew, but it wasn't public knowledge hadn't gone out right now. It was kind of still in a very small circle of what God was doing through Jesus. And we're going to see here the treasure. Mary, the Bible says, she treasured these things. This, uh, what it means here to teach here. Teaching is, uh, God is going to teach these shepherds about what to expect when they arrive in Bethlehem. So we're about to see. They are going to learn a breaking news about the time this child is going to be wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger. It's a sign. God is here teaching you this morning. We see God's teaching the shepherds. The treasure, Mary is treasuring the shepherds' visits. Yesterday, Sherry and I went to go see and brought the kids to Santa Claus. And we found this place is called um, Hill and Meyer Christmas Shop on Tate's Creek. You think about Santa Claus, you don't think about the uh, market fresh, or anyway, there's a grocery store, it's a grocery store parking lot. That's where Santa Claus lives here in Lexington, and you go there, and uh, you also can buy a Christmas tree, but basically you go there, and all it was was every little child was dressed up in their Christmas clothes, and every little mama and their, their daddy are right there in line to see, and the line just wraps snakes around there, so you go there, and you stand in line to sit in the sleigh, and you get your picture made with Santa. In fact, there were church folks there with, with us as well, so that, it's it, because it's about the picture, about the memories, and it's that's what the mamas treasure, those little pictures with children with Santa. That is what we see here. Mary is treasuring the visit from these shepherds. Remember, Mary and Joseph, they don't have a lot. These are poor folks. They're, they're not even at their right home. They live in Nazareth, and they're stuck here in Bethlehem. So God is going to reassure to Mary, to Mama, that this child is from God. Christmas is a time for us that we treasure the memories. And knowing that... These shepherds here, we're about to see, they are going to tell. These are herdsmen. They become the first evangelists, the first heralds of the good news. 
And listen, the principle for this is if the shepherds can tell other folks about Jesus, shouldn't you? If the magi, if the wise men, if they go about and they're spreading the good news, Gentiles, oh, these folks aren't even Jews, if they're telling folks about Jesus, God has chosen unlikely folks, wise men from the east, shepherds who are just watching their flocks on the night shift. God has chosen these folks to reveal his son to. Now, if he chose shepherds and he chose the wise men, surely he's chosen you. Christmas here, God has chosen you with a greater purpose to be a herald of the good news. We are nine days away from Christmas. Now, some of you are here in the pews. Do you know Christmas? I remember in late October, I was sitting in front of the summit, and I heard my first Christmas song on the radio. And I thought, man, it's not even Halloween yet. They're already cranking out the Christmas songs. Have you noticed every band, every music group feels like they need to record a Christmas album? I'm waiting for David Dale to record his Christmas album. I'm sure the choir is going to come out with their Christmas CD soon. I mean, Christmas music, I guess there's just a great demand from it. But for some of us here, this is like you're just, it's a countdown to when this is going to be over. When will Christmas end? I mean, nine more days. We're almost there until you can put your tree up. But that is, um, that is a story. I mean, even if you came to our fall festival, we had Santa Claus and we had a Christmas trunk out there. It, it, it has not, it's even our church in October, we were still celebrating Christmas. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you. Who is the Messiah, the Lord? This will be a sign to you. So here's the sign. Here's how we can, here's how we're reassured that we know this is the Messiah. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in a cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, now look at this, suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Now, now picture, it's the middle of the night, and you're, just, you're standing there watching sheep, and my goodness, these angels just spoke to me, so after... They receive this message. They look to each other and go, let's go to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Now, what's crazy about this is they're leaving their job. Remember, they're, they're the watch of the sheep, so apparently they felt like, you know, the boss sitting around, he's in bed, nobody's going to know, these sheep don't do anything. Let's just leave the sheep here, and hopefully they'll all be back when we return, and they going to Bethlehem mean they were out uh, they were on the fields in the hills around Bethlehem so they just left their sheep and walked down the hill to Bethlehem to go see what could happen they hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger after seeing them they reported the message they were told about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. What's powerful about that phrase, Broadway, 
these shepherds are sharing the gospel. They're telling other folks. They are the first witnesses. And folks were amazed. People are still amazed by Jesus today. You should never lose the amazement of Christmas. The amazement of Christmas is Jesus came for you. He came ultimately to die for your sins. I was talking to Brother Hurd this week. And uh, where is Brother Hurd? Right here. I was talking to Brother Hurd, and he, was, uh, he tells me what to do, coaches me. And he was saying, Dean, I want to tell you my greatest compliment I ever received as a preacher. I thought, this is so true. He says, someone once told me that you never know. They, they came, this is you know, years ago. They were telling Brother Hurd, Brother Hurd, I never know where you're going to begin the sermon with, but I always know where you're going to end it. You know, the sermon can start out Christmas shopping, but it ends with Jesus. And Jesus died, and you can be saved. Every sermon should end with Jesus loves you, Jesus died for you, He came so you can have eternal life. That is the Christmas story. This is why we are, should be and always be amazed at Christmas. This is no accident. God had planned and had chosen these shepherds. These men had a story to tell and folks were amazed and we should be sharing this amazing story this Christmas season with other folks. I want you to know this, probably the next nine days, even the rest of the month, you're going to see family members. You know, always like events like Christmas, Thanksgiving, you really see who your real family is. That means you go back home, or you have folks you don't see, they come from out of town, and a lot of those people, you probably have folks in your family who are not close to the Lord. They aren't in church, they are not saved, they are not going to heaven. I want to share one of the best opportunities, because you know you have to spend hours and hours and hours at these events with these folks. Tell them about the Lord, get them off to the side. Share the good news with your family. Listen, witnessing to your family is some of the hardest in the world. Some of the hardest people. And you have an opportunity where you're likely to see folks. Spend time with folks for really days over the next few weeks. Invite them to the Christmas Eve candlelight service. I'm going to share the gospel in, what's that, in eight days on that Monday night five. That's an opportunity. That's just a gospel presentation. You never know, like Brother Hurt said, where a sermon's going to start. Every single worship. You never know how I mean, we start our worship service here calling a business meeting to vote for a new staff member. Well, how does it end? It ends with Jesus. It ends with here's how to be saved. Keep going here in your Bibles. Verse, verse 19. Look at Mary. This is a mama for you right here. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned. They had to go back to work. It's probably about 3 a.m. at this point. Had to get there before their supervisor showed up in the morning. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. Meaning, everything those angels said came true. Mary treasured those words one of the great things about these shepherds here these shepherds were chosen by god 
They had a tough job, but their job there as a shepherd shifted from doing their work to my job's now an evangelist to proclaim about the Lord. Not only that, God had chosen also the wise men. We saw from last week an honorable position. And they pulled them out from the east to worship their son. On the spectrum of everything, from the shepherds to the wise men, God draws people to himself. And somewhere in between, many of us fall. God is worthy of your worship, and God is worthy of your witness to other folks. You've come this morning, and you, we worship the Lord. We leave this building, and we witness to others. That's what we do. Past two weeks, it's shepherd and wise men. If God can choose these two, He can choose you. Well, you know, one of the neat things about the shepherds, you know, we think about that throughout the Scripture. Abraham was a shepherd. Abraham was in the land of Ur. And he watched these sheep, and apparently his, he was still with his dad, Taran, when God called him, and his dad and his nephew came with him. So he called him from the land of Ur, which is somewhere in Mesopotamia, current-day Saudi Arabia, or Iraq, Iran, that area. And he left that region, and he traveled north and then down south to the Promised Land. He was a shepherd. He was, had a, and God blessed his flock. Think about Moses. Moses was a shepherd, but not at first. Moses grew up in the palace. Then Moses killed someone, made a mistake. He had to leave the palace. And he was out in the wilderness. And you know, he was out in the wilderness. He was raising sheep. He became a shepherd. He watched the livestock. And God called him as a shepherd from a burning bush. Moses, again, had one of these experiences like the shepherds here in Luke chapter 2. He's just standing around. And a bush catches on fire. And when you're out in the desert, I guess you just go look at it because there's nothing else to do. So I'm going to go look at the burning bush, and the bush starts talking to you. God chose, and take off his shoes. So right away for that. Um, God chose him. And David, do you know what David was doing when he was going to be, when he was anointed by Samuel as the new king of Israel? He was out in the fields, and even his dad didn't even call him in when Samuel the prophet came to... He was so low. He got, was 13 years old. He's a child. He's standing out there doing nothing in the fields. And next thing you know, Samuel, the prophet of Israel, shows up and anoints him with oil, as a, holding his little shepherd's staff, to become the next king of Israel. God has chosen unlikely people, people who are really lowly positions, and raise them up. Do you know in Psalm 23, 1, do you know David wrote, this is the most famous psalm of all, the Lord is my shepherd. He is, God is described as a shepherd. Do you know Jesus in John 10, 11, he describes himself as the good shepherd. Christ guides us in our daily life. Nothing is by accident. You know, this past week, uh, Sherry and I received uh, uh, an unexpected gift from someone. And it was, uh, it was we, we never carried cash, I'll go ahead and tell you, it was a $100 bill. And uh, it was unexpected. And we never carried cash, and I pulled, it, was, it was a very generous gift. And um, I pulled it out, and uh, 
They put it on the kitchen table, and the kids are looking at it like, wow, <laughs> they've never seen this before. They're, they're looking at it. And, uh, you know, in the unexpected, God does things. Well, later that day, um, Sherry received a request from someone, and I'm not going to say who, but for some, there, so there had been, a, you know, the kids had some friends and had an accident that occurred, and uh, there was a need there for some Christmas presents. And a lot of times, when you get those requests, right off the bat, you're skeptical of it. And Sherry right away thought, you know, we need to help this family. And I was the skeptical one. Well, I got in the car later that afternoon. And, you know, it, God speaks to me when I'm alone. And I was alone. And, I mean, we're talking, a ton of bricks hit me this week. I got in that car alone, I pulled away. Immediately, the Lord said, Daniel, you take that unexpected $100 bill, you give it to that family need. I mean, it was just a matter of hours. I got home that night and said, Sherry, we need to, I'm going, you give this to the mother. This is for them. Unexpected. We received an unexpected gift. We received then, literally, an hour later, an unexpected request. Even after I said no, I'm thinking, of, well, how am I going to spend this? What can we buy? And we just gave it away. Church, that's Christmas. That's how God works. You have a spirit of generosity. Let me tell you something. If God is doing something, if you receive something unexpectedly, if something unusual happens in your life, this next nine days, how can you bless others? And initially, the, the, when you hear of a need or request, Right away, you start thinking, oh, you know, this person, they're a crook. I don't trust them. Well, they waste their money on cigarettes, beer, and alcohol. Why would we, uh, why would we buy, help them with that? Well, yeah, parents might do that, but the kids, they, they, they don't do that. They're, that's no reason for them. This was unexpected. Shepherds are at work. Unexpected people came to worship, showed up at that manger, and Mary treasured. That was a blessing to Mama. Who are you going to... These shepherds blessed Mary and Joseph. Who are you going to bless unexpectedly this Christmas? Christmas is the gift of giving. The greatest gift you ever give is a gift to Jesus and that, that might be a financial gift, it might be an unexpected gift, but it might be the gift of you telling someone else how to be saved. There should be an amazement these next nine days. Christ has come. One of the great things here, going back in the Bible, the running theme throughout the Scriptures of shepherds, in Acts chapter 20, verse 28, Paul explains that actually pastors are shepherds of a church. Your pastoral staff here, you come to church, they are prepared and leading and teaching you the Scriptures. The music, the singing, everything about this church is here to guide you in a relationship with the Lord. Now, you never know how it begins, but we always know how it ends. Lastly, we see here in Scriptures, why Bethlehem? This whole setting is taking place in this little city. I want to explain to you why Bethlehem. Bethlehem here was chosen to fulfill prophecy. Micah 5.2 says, I'll read it. It says, As for you, Bethlehem, from you one will go forth, from me a ruler in Israel. His goings 
forth or from long ago, from days of eternity, God chose this city 800 years, 700 years before Jesus was born, God had picked this little town for His Son to come into the world. Listen, if God says it, He's going to keep it. And if He said His Son is going to be born in Bethlehem, by golly, it's born in Bethlehem. Jesus was born right there. And Mary and Joseph needed confirmation that night. Just to picture it, could you imagine having a child in a barn with probably, there might have been a midwife, minimum care, not a hospital, you didn't even get a room at the inn. I mean, a donkey and a sheep. I mean, no hygiene, no washing your hands. It's just dirty, muddy. That is the, that's the picture that the shepherds walk into. This baby was born, wrapped up, and is in a feeding trough. And it was, they were a blessing that night. They were the first ones to witness the Messiah. Not only there to fulfill this prophecy in Micah 5, 2, it's to identify with David. Remember, Mary and Joseph are from the lineage of David. That's all throughout the Old Testament. We are told that the Messiah would be the son of David and he would sit on an eternal throne of David. That here is Jesus Luke 2.1 records the very uh, first part of this chapter here in Luke 2.1 that there was this unknown census that just popped up. That forced Mary and Joseph, who lived in Nazareth, which is about 100 miles north of Bethlehem in Galilee, a region. They had to travel south to an area called Judea. That brought them to the ancestral home that they had to register for taxes. It wasn't an accident that census came about. All these unexpected things that were occurring were God's plan and purpose. The unexpected for you, Broadway, is God's plan and purpose this Christmas season. Nothing is an accident. The Son of God is also the Son of David. David was the greatest king of Israel. He built and established Israel and who they were. He was the one who never lost a battle, would go out there and win, win, and win when he fought. He strengthened them. Now his son Solomon, through his wickedness and through his uh, worship of other gods and taking in immoral women, his heart wandered away and God allowed it, uh, Israel to fall. But David solidified Israel as a great nation. And the Jewish folks were waiting for that Messiah going to be in that line of David. They knew he was coming. They didn't know when, didn't know much of the circumstances. They knew he was going to be born in Bethlehem, but that was about it. About, lots of folks were born in Bethlehem. And lastly, we see here, why Bethlehem? Bethlehem makes a connection. The connection here, the word Bethlehem means house of bread. Do you know in John 6.35, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. The bread of life, Jesus, came from the house of bread. This is no accident. Jesus came so folks can be saved. He came so that folks can participate in His salvation. You know Bethlehem today is a Muslim-majority city. It's an Arab city of about 20,000 people. 
It's a city with high unemployment. It's a city with only about 300 Christian families even left. The main income that folks have to do today in Bethlehem, there's a few shepherds left, not many, but the main income is tourism from when Christian pilgrims would go see with the birth, birth site of Jesus, would go tour that. These are Muslims that would sell them stuff. That's how they make their money. And you look at Bethlehem, it is a lost city. We are in desperate need today of being just like the angels. These angels left praising God. We need folks, an army of folks who raise up and who praise God and knowing that they were going about and telling all the things they've seen and heard. Do you know the best story you have is your testimony? Do you think about when you were saved? Do you think about when God did something great into your life? Do you tell that to other folks? Listen, if you've been saved, if you've been healed of cancer, if you've been praying for your grandchildren to give their lives to Christ and they do it, that's a testimony. That's a story to tell. That's just like the shepherds. Jesus Christ is worthy. And I think one of the great things, we've lost the amazement. These shepherds, it says here, they arrived, and it says there, they were amazed in verse 18. Amazed. Angels appear to me. I'm a nobody out in the middle of nowhere on night shift. And there he is, just as these angels proclaimed. Let me ask. When is the last time you've been amazed? I mean, for some of us, we, you've gotten in so much of a routine, so much of a predictable pattern. You've become so cynical of folks. The predictability has drowned out any possibility of amazement. Your prayer needs to be, God, amaze me. I want to see you this Christmas. I want to see the hand of God working in my life. Do you know when folks are amazed, they tell about it. They're excited about it. They have something worth to tell. I want to end with Jesus. One of the best things to be amazed is to be saved. Have you trusted in Christ? Has this little baby here, born in Bethlehem, is he your Savior? Have you accepted him? as your king, this promised child from the Old Testament all the way to when he was born, all the way to today, should amaze you. There are some folks here this morning, might be you, you need to give your life to Christ. Jesus is calling you. He's announced it to his shepherds. He's announced it to you. I invite you to trust in Christ this morning. I want to lead us in a prayer. God, I pray this morning, if there's anyone here that has never been saved, they have forgotten and lost the amazement of Christmas, I pray this morning that this will be their time. Lord, You did a great thing. You chose the wise men, Gentiles. You chose the shepherds, lowly people, unclean people out in the fields on the night shift. 
to announce your Son. Lord, if you chose these, you've chosen us. Lord, I pray this morning that nothing will hold us back from following you. Lord, there's no reason for us not to say yes to you this morning. Lord, amaze us with what you're doing. God, I give you this invitation. I pray for your spirit to move. I pray that this is our time that we give to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We have an invitation at the end of every single service. This is your response, your opportunity to respond to the gospel. I want to invite everyone to stand up. We are going to sing hymn number 544, Have Thine Own Way. I'll be standing down front. David Dell is going to lead us in our song. Now is our time to respond. 544 in your songbook. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yielded and sealed. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Search me and try me, Master, today. Whiter than snow, Lord, Wash me just now, as in thy presence, humbly I bow. David, thank you so much. I want to remind some folks of some um, events tonight here at church. Tonight we have the Combined Choirs Concert. So David, I guess in a second you'll tell us about that. This is going to be very special at 6 o'clock. That's going to be right up here. We also have for children... At 5.30, we have the Awana Christmas store. So your children need to come to Awana from 5.30 to 7.30, and they will receive gifts and items that they can give to their parents. They'll be wrapped for Christmas. So it's a great night tonight. Amen. So that. I do hope you'll come back tonight. It's going to be an awesome evening of music. Uh, our choir, Southern Hills United Methodist, Cantabile, you've read about it and been hearing about it. Please come. Don't let the weather and something else. Come early to get a seat. There will be a lot of guests here tonight. I need a couple of guys right after this to help me bring some more chairs up. We're going to have about 80, I think, in the choir tonight, so I need a little bit of help after that. We're going to sing to close Noel, the, the chorus of this first Noel. Noel, 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 born is a king of Israel. Amen. See you tonight.